Donald Trump is not going to get this Republican nomination. So, Jenny, could he actually win? No freaking way! <laughs> Do not tell me that Donald Trump is in this to win this, okay? He's a sideshow. I don't think he's plan has anything to do with Latinos. His plan, his strategy is to win the White House without Latinos. I don't think he can do it. Uh, Jorge Ramos, Jorge Ramos. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody This means that Donald Trump will be the 45th president of the United States. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you to the fans, even to the haters. Thank you as always for tuning in to another great and exciting episode of P2P Radio. I'm your host, Rick Ryder. As always, thank you for tuning in. Um, we have another jam-packed show for you, educating you, informing you, and trying to enlighten you to some of the stuff that is going on in our country right now. So, as always, thank you for tuning in, and we're just going to get right into it. We have the breaking news that came out of um, the Ninth District uh, Court that was Washington State versus Department of Justice uh, pertaining to our president, President Trump's travel ban, <coughs> Muslim ban, on this past week. It was decided and argued, and a decision has been reached unanimously, 3-0, to zero, that the ban is unconstitutional or at least that it should stay um inactive or restricted until a higher court comes down with a decision so this is great news if you are someone who was against the ban um a hiccup at the very least if you are someone that was for the ban but either way this is a a exciting um decision that has come down the court even went beyond just the the decision about the stay or should it stay restricted but actually calling into question some of the merits of the ban uh, such as the stuff that was going on about um, where was the national security threat that the Trump administration was riding on or was claiming um, that this ban had to be enacted immediately uh, because it's national security threat um, if you listen to some of the rhetoric or uh, some of the arguments that came from DOJ they really couldn't answer that question um, also, there was um, the asking of, well, the DOJ seemed to be stating that if the president comes down with a decision, um, then it really can be challenged, even by the court system. And the judges asked that question. If you listen to, um, again, listen to the court case, they were asking, well, it, what if he said it was a straight-up Muslim ban? Could the justice system still or the court system still challenged that and the GOJ basically said no that the president could not be challenged on this because of the broad amount of power that he would be given on national security well apparently the courts decided um, against that and did not view um, did not have a viewing or, or a, a mindset that was similar to what the GOJ um, presented so they also enlightened to something that was very particular and um I was wondering how would that be worked in, and it was saying, and they basically said that intent mattered in this in this opinion. That if President Trump was trying to find a legal way to do basically a Muslim ban, then that could be taken into consideration on this ruling. And so everything that he said during the campaign, 
such as when he said we call for a straight up Muslim ban um, that is now taken into consideration so this is again it's very um, exciting um, this is very interesting to see so we're gonna dive more into that and also talk about um, the new way that this administration seems to be governing and that is governing through fear um, and that is enacting this fear of terrorism this fear of you of us being attacked this fear that we are living in terrible times that we are living in unrest times and that you basically need this kind of of, of governing um, in order to stay safe and we as citizens you should always be afraid or, or not be afraid but be cautious um, when a government is telling you that for national security for the reason of national security we must do this broad sweeping um, acts or legislation or executive orders in order to keep us safe um, so we cannot let that way of governing win we can govern through hope you can govern through um, a call to action you can govern through a, a whole slew of different avenues but saying that we must govern through fear and I'm gonna give you at least three different examples of this um, where it was the Boeing Green Massacre may these people rest in peace because again this attack that never happened um, was broadly not covered and it is an atrocity um, but we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about the fact that we had the press secretary seeming to say that Atlanta had a terrorist attack recently um, and also um, read some of the stuff that came straight from Twitter from Donald Trump so again trying to set up trying to set up a show what exactly this administration is trying to do so let's take it from the very beginning and go back to the um, court ruling and talk about intent and so if you remember um, over the last couple of weeks that Rudy Giuliani came out and said that President Trump called him and basically asked for a legal way to enact a Muslim ban that was kind of, and this came from his words why he did it is kind of probably um, puzzling to me saying that again you must be in Trump's you know corner or at least in his closet or whatever and for you saying something like this, of course that should, that is going to sell um, some alarm bells showing that the intent here is not national security. The intent here is a persecution of religion. Um, so to those individuals, and I hear, and this is a, a counter argument that's presented that the word Muslim, or the word the wording for Islamic um, banning Islamic religion is nowhere in the executive order. That um, they're targeting these nations that. Again, President Obama has had signed into, um, and they're basically using that to set up that these are these are countries that we should look at, and therefore we should put a pause, a temporary pause, on um, travel coming into that. So of course that that argument has a whole bunch of holes in it. Um, primarily, uh, as we covered last week, that there's the countries that actually did have terrorists come from their country. Uh, come from their area, like Saudi Arabia, uh, like Egypt, um, like UAE, are not in on that ban. Um, that also that this this ban is um is having effects on visas and green cards. So these are people who have already been vetted. So why do you need to to further uh, oppose um an immigrant who has a legal status in the United States already that the government has given to him? And you're taking it away without really giving a reason and why. You're saying it is for national security, but when we, when the court system or when the judges are asking, well, where's your evidence of this national security? Where's this threat that you're that you're saying exists? 
you cannot show any ground for that. Um, and so that gives a leeway until the intent, which was what the state was arguing, or what, what I mean by state was what Washington State was arguing, was that this was a basically a PC, politically correct way of saying that you wanted to enact a Muslim ban. And you refer to that by saying, let's go back to what President, or then, or then candidate Trump, um, said, or what he wanted to do with these Muslim countries. And this is a, a clip of him, um, I think back in October, when he first uh, publicly in, called for this ban. While that's loading, um, again, this is supposed to be paying to the intent um, of what President Trump called for and why it matters now and why this court ruling um, basically said about this Can as we well. Do this right now? Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out. What the hell is going on? So again, that was back when he was a candidate. Now, this was not, hey, let's ban, let's stop individuals coming from Iraq or Iran or Yemen or these terrorist countries. This was a complete call for Muslims everywhere. It didn't matter where the hell they came from. If they came from England, but if they're Muslim, he wanted to stop travel. To the United States. And so what the court system was saying was that that intent right here where he's calling for a Muslim ban. And you can, and now he's seen to be dressing it up and covering it up by the sake of national security. The justice system or the court system, they stand. We can see through that. And that your intent does matter here. And now evidence like this where you publicly say that you want a Muslim ban. Evidence where one of your close advisors comes out and says that you want a legal way to call for a Muslim ban, that now matters. That is now taken into consideration. So this is, again, pointing to some of the stuff, some of the rhetoric that they're coming from this administration, um, where now it's seeming to be that we have to keep you safe. Um, we have to keep the dangerous people out. And, that, and again, this is where we point to some of the stuff that Donald Trump has said. Um, example, uh, his reaction to this court ruling was that we will see you in court. The security of our nation is at stake. And this has been some of the rhetoric that has been continuing to go on, um, pretty much especially after the stay was put on for his ban in the first place. Um, he said that if there was any terrorist attack happening, if anything bad happens in our country, um, while this ban is put on hold, then you blame the court system and blame the judge. Um, he also said that, excuse me, um, when we criticize Yemen or, or criticize the operation that happened in Yemen, then you are putting our national security at stake. You are uh, spitting on or you're dishonoring the sacrifice that the soldier made while uh, who died in Yemen. Um, let's pause for a minute and just also take into consideration. And again, this is not a defense of Hillary Clinton, but when Benghazi happened, there was investigations, there was multiple hearings, there was media wildfire about her feelings of what she should have done while Secretary of State. If some reports here are true, um, and from what we're hearing from some of the military officials that came out and said that 
this was not fully prepared, that the intel was not fully there, um, that the Obama administration tabled this um, because that information wasn't there. But still, the Trump, President Trump still gave the green light to it because he heard that President Obama tabled it, um, that President Trump was not even in the situation room when this occurred. Then could you imagine what the reaction would have been if a President Clinton did that? The President Clinton was not in the room, was not phys or, or physically in that room watching this operation happen in real time. Could you imagine what the what the blowback would have been because of that? This would have been Benghazi 3.0 for all we've been concerned. But for some reason, now this administration is trying to say that if you do any kind of criticism like that, if you say that there were some flaws or some errors in this operation, then therefore you are throwing dishonor on the death of that soldier. And that's blatantly, that's just false rhetoric. Um, even if they, he attacked John McCain. And John McCain was a POW, a prisoner of war. So I think, and also a veteran. So I think he has some merit to be able to criticize or question. But just today, President Trump said that even John McCain cannot criticize the success of this mission. So again, this is where governing through fear comes from. And let's go to um, the famous um, Bowling Green massacre that happened. Or rather, didn't happen. On uh, what Kellyanne Conway said about it. So this is when um, she was on MSNBC talking to Chris Matthews, and then this is where she invoked the Bowling, Bowling Green uh, massacre in Kentucky. A six-month ban on the Iraqi refugee program after two Iraqis came here to this country, were radicalized, and they were the masterminds behind the Bowling Green massacre. Well, most people don't know that because it didn't get covered. Okay, so right there. The reason it didn't get covered is because it did not happen. <laughs> there was no Bowling Green Massacre. Um, if you can, if you try to give her a leeway and say that she's misspoke, keep in mind that also there was two other news sources that said that she referred to the Bowling Green Massacre in their interviews. So it wasn't a slip of the tongue. She's used the same incident at least two other times. And also she's trying to blend a real incident that happened with one that's completely made up. What happened was, was that there was a pause. Don't even say it was a pause. There was a, a restriction um, put by the Obama administration for in um, the country of Iraq because there was two Iraqi refugees who had came across and they were not planning to do a terrorist attack in the country. What they were planning to do was send money and weapons back to Al-Qaeda in Iraq. There was no planning of a, ma of a massacre or a terrorist attack in the United States. They were planning to send money and funds back to Iraq. They were caught. It was shown that they were uh, using the camouflage of being refugees. Then the uh, Obama administration and Department of um, Homeland Security put more restrictions on that area. They put more vetting on that area, required for more fingerprint analysis, more background research, uh, more uh, background screening on that area for six months. They didn't put a complete pause on it either. Um, or put a ban on it. And then after they gave more time for that vending system to beef itself up for that country, for this incident, then they pulled back the restriction. That is not the case for what President Trump did. Those are two, the two different instances. And again, Kellyanne Conway is smart enough, and I'm going to refrain myself or readjust myself from what I said last week where I was saying that maybe it is a mistake. These individuals are way too smart, and they're showing way too much of a pattern to say that it is a continuing mistake. That you're just making um, a 
couple of egregious errors. No, this is purposely done to give a false narrative out. And so the same thing goes for governing through fear. When President Trump a couple days ago was talking to, I believe it was a um, breakfast or a lunch um, or meeting with sheriffs and, and, um, and law officials, and that he invoked that the murder rate was the highest it's been in 47 years. Um, this is his quote. So, again, not true. <laughs> this is, again, a, a false fact. Not even a fact. It's just a false statement. Um, the murder rate is not the highest it's been in 47 years. In fact, it has been going down. Now, have there been an, a, an uptick in some areas? Yes. But that does not mean that, as a whole, the murder rate in our country is going up. No, it is not. It has not been going up. That is, again, a false statement. So why are so many, it seems like a day-to-day -day basis that a false statement is given out by either President Trump, either one of his advisors, either his press secretary, somewhere along the line, someone gives out a false, a, a false statement and tries to cover up with a fact, and then the media has to react to it and say, uh, and do a fact check about why this is not true. Um, Sean Spicer, a couple days ago, also said there has been terrorist attacks in Atlanta. No, he, no, there have not been. So there was no terrorist attack in Atlanta, at least not in, in the recent years. At least not during the Obama administration. So what are you, what are you talking about when you say when you couple in the Orlando shooting and then say also it happened in Atlanta as well? Again, that is a false statement. So these should not be partisan issues. It should not be that oh you're just saying that because he's a Republican or because you claim to be a conservative. No, we're saying this because it is not true. The man, is, the administration is just not giving you the truth in, in some of these instances, and this is one of them. Um, when they were talking about why did he, uh, on a terrorist attack or attempted terrorist attack in France, when there was a, I mean, it wasn't even a gunman, there was a, a terrorist with a knife attempted to stab people, he injured one um, police officer and then was taken down. The Trump administration immediately reacted to that. Yet, to this day, as of 821, on the 9th of February, he has not said anything, not tweeted, had not made a statement about it, anything that has happened about the six Muslims that were slaughtered in their place of worship in Canada. And when asked about that, Killian Conway said that, well, he doesn't tweet about everything. The man live tweeted just this morning about CNN asking a question uh, about pertaining to a certain senator who lied in Vietnam. He, he literally live tweeted that two minutes after it happened. But yet, our President of the United States cannot at least express condolences to a terrorist attack that happened just north of our border? Maybe because it didn't fit the narrative that it's only Muslims attacking people. Maybe it doesn't fit the narrative that we have to only be concerned with extremist radicals um, of the Islamic faith. So, again, this is not just a mistake. This is a, it is a blatant attempt to paint a picture of fear, to give a notion of fear, and that we must do all these things for the sake of national security. Um, and that's what makes it, it, it so alarming. Um, 
that how far will they go? How, how far will they push um, this false narrative to try to make way through the legislation? And to give credit to some of the Republicans, Republicans are not fully on board with this. Um, if you look even right now, when the ruling came down, putting a pause on or, or, um, it, or continuing the pause on the ban, there wasn't too many Republicans that came out and expressed outrage like Donald Trump did. In fact, Speaker Ryan, when he was asked about it, he didn't even, he's like, there's not much to say. I refer to the White House. That was it. No, we're upset about it. No, we're outraged just along with our president. Um, no national security cry. It was a deflection. And so Republicans, even in his own party, are not fully on board with this notion of governing through fear. Uh, that's because it can only go so far. You can only scare people to an extent. Um, saying that you have to prevent the next terrorist attack from happening, meaning then that you have to try to institute a um, travel ban, Muslim ban, or try to repurpose your task force to only focus on Islam, the uh, Islamic terrorists and don't take into consideration homegrown terrorists at all. In fact, you dodge the question of homegrown terrorism. You take the shift off of white extremism. You take the focus off of the KKK or other homegrown groups like that and put it blatantly on only the religion of Islam. Then they can only go so far before people start seeing what you're really trying to do. And again, just like we alluded to last week, is that there is a blatant attempt to make an us versus them narrative. Where it is no longer uh, just about keeping us safe. Because everybody wants to keep us safe. No one wants a terrorist attack from happening in our country. Nobody wants that. Liberal or conservative. But that doesn't mean that we start persecuting other people. Start labeling other people based solely off of their religion. Or taking other people's liberties away. Such as people who had green cards or visas. Where they had a legal right to be here. But because you were Muslim, then those rights can be taken away for the sake of national security. And that is why we always be conscious or cognizant of some of the stuff, some of the rhetoric that's coming down. Uh, especially from an administration. Especially when there's, a, a, again, that continued attempt, attempt, blatant attempt to stir up fear, um, make people scared, uh, make people anxious about Muslims that live here, or Muslims coming over, uh, when it's completely devoid of facts. When you say that the reason that you cannot let anybody know about the ban, and now there's conflicting reports about that because President Trump is saying that he wanted a, a month warning um, but then the law enforcement agencies told him no. Then he said, well, what about a week warning? And then law enforcement agencies told him he can't do that either. Um, but then just two weeks ago, he said that if he would have gave him a warning, then the, those bad people would have just poured over the border. Again, that's not true. This is not just a water fountain. People just don't jump over a fence and they're in. Um, getting over here, especially if you're a refugee, is at least a year-long process. So, again, it's devoid of facts. And that's because, again, they want to govern through fear. So it is on us um, as people who speak on it, it is on the media, um, whenever they cover it, to make sure that there is some assurance about the narrative that's being put out or being spun by this administration. Um, 
And again, this is not necessarily just a partisan issue because, again, there are several Republicans, John McCain and Lizzie Graham, primarily Article 2, who are also speaking out about this, um, who also are not on board uh, President Trump's plan merely because he's Republican. Um, so do not let this become just a partisan issue. Do not let this come that, well, just because you're Republican, you have to support the wall or you have to support the ban or have to support whatever um, President Trump puts down merely because he has an R by his name. Same thing on the Democratic side. The reason that you should be outraged is not just because it's an R, but because those are attacks on your tenets or on your beliefs as liberal, as progressive, as populist, um, whatever your beliefs may be. So that is what is refreshing about it. It is refreshing that it is not completely devolved into a partisan issue. There are some ramifications of it, but it is not everyone. It's refreshing that there are some, um, even on the right, that are not afraid to speak out. Do I wish there was more people on the right that, again, um, were speaking about this? Yes, because as a conservative, I would imagine you would be fearful of a government that is invoking national security to take away certain liberties. Um, I think that that was some of the main criticism that happened to President Obama um, when he is enacting some of his stuff uh, in the sake of national security. Uh, and the pushback was, are you stepping on liberty? So if you were a conservative worried about liberty or stand up for liberty then, then be a conservative who's worried about liberty and stand up for freedom now. And don't just let it happen or, it, or excuse it merely because the guy has an R by his name. That should not be your driving force. Your driving force should be your beliefs and not your party affiliation. Um, so we will see what happens um, after this court ruling is... Uh, estimated that they that this will go to Supreme Court. Um, there are a slew of legal ramifications for that as well as political ramifications for that because the court right now is split 4-4. Um, so if the court, if this goes to the Supreme Court and is tied up, then not trying to cause hysteria, but that would be a constitutional, well not really a constitutional crisis, but it will make the complication, it will make the situation that, more, that much more complicated because the court did not come down with a straight-up decision. They were split. So there are political ramifications for that, and also the fact that President Trump just nominated um, his Supreme Court nominee, and whether that's going to now come a referendum on the travel ban. Um, there's a legal ramification about people who are, who again, who have visas, who have green cards, who are in flux, who are trying to see what to do about this. Um, People who are waiting on who for medical operations trying to come to our country, um, who are on pause right now because they don't know what to do. They can come over here and then the ban get reenacted and they have to go right back to their country. So this is stuff that will continue to get covered. We're going to continue covering it and expounding on other, on other stuff. Um, I implore you to also keep enlightening yourself about it. Um, read the executive order. Read the court decision about the executive order. Um, and see exactly what they were talking about and what they decided on. Because as, as much as we try to cover it, we will, it, it's imperative that you as a private citizen, you as an American citizen, also inform yourself as much as possible. So uh, we're going to have, again, a whole lot more coming up for you. Um, within the next week, we plan to interview um, a couple people um, and post it on our Facebook page and on our YouTube channel. Um, Asking people who are more hands-on in the situation as far as immigration, um, more people who are who have this um, 
emotional, uh, I wouldn't say ex uh, um, fear, but uh, it's a pause or concern um, referring to what exactly needs to be done. Um, so we're going to talk about that with them uh, and give you, again, give you that hands-on approach to let you see where exactly where they're standing from. Because it's easy for us as American citizens, I'm not, I don't have a fear of being deported. I don't have a fear of one of my loved ones um, being sent back to a war-torn country, but or to a country that they they try to leave from. But some people in this country do, and it's imperative that we take that into consideration because as Americans, we have to get outside our own bubble. And um, just because it's not a problem for us, doesn't mean that the problem does not exist. Um, and so that is something that we're going to cover much more coming up this week. So. Thank you, as always, for um, joining us. Thank you for, as always, um, being a part of our show. Make sure that you check us out on our Facebook feed, um, on Power to the People. Make sure that you also, we're on SoundCloud, where you post or update um, our podcast the night that it is, where we're done. Uh, so you can check that out if you got to go or you missed some of it. You can always recapture it. And, and also, we're on iTunes, so... You can subscribe to our podcast feed and get live updates um, when it is now when it is uh, published to our iTunes account. And there's a whole slew of different stuff um, that we're trying to do for you and enlighten you as much as possible. So again, thank you for tuning in to Power to People Radio. I'm your host Rick Ryder. Make sure to check us out next Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, check us out on either Mixer.com or you can follow me on Facebook and check us out on our live podcast and um, comment. We do watch the comments as they come down. And so we watch you in real time and love to hear your feedback about some of the stuff that we're saying and some of the stuff that we're trying to share. So as always, thank you, and we will catch you next Thursday at 8 p.m. Until then, be safe, be blessed, and proud to the people.